Welcome back to another episode of the Nick Ann Podcast. It's episode 26. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I can't wait to share this episode with you. This is a very special one to me. I had one of my friends on, Arturo Carrillo. He's a photographer based out of Dallas, Texas, but he's not just a photographer. He's a low light photographer. He specializes in low light. He runs a community-based business. It's called The Art Factory. They host workshops and they teach people how to do low light photography. It's one of the most coolest things I've ever seen. I met up with him last month in Yosemite. He showed me a couple tips and tricks about low light photography. I can't wait to share with you our conversation. We talked about a lot of things from photography, creativity, finding your voice, connecting with real people, and taking relationships offline, and being able to share your voice out and to build confidence in who you are as a person to be able to put out your art because your art matters. The best way you can support this podcast, it's completely free. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube if that's where you're watching and share it with a friend if you found this video helpful. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, any of those streaming platforms, the best thing you can do to support us there is to leave up to a five-star review if you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions or want me to have someone on specifically, leave it in the comments. I read all the comments below. Now that we got that all out of the way, let's cut to the episode where I'm chatting with Arturo Carrillo. Let's get to it. All right, here we are, episode 26 with my good friend Arturo. We actually just hung out about a month ago now. Arturo, thanks for being on, brother. Thank you, man. I, you know, it's a pleasure being on here and being able to talk and seeing you again, you know, after seeing each other in LA for the first time. So, or Cali, should I say? Heck yeah, man. So, I mean, you're a Texas guy right off the bat. You were from Vegas originally in Texas now. What was it like being back on the West Coast after some time away? Honestly, it felt like a fresher breath of air seeing what I called home. Um, I mean, it's still home to me and it always will be. But going back now that I lived in Texas for about five, six years, Honestly, I fell back in love with the West Coast and I realized how much I took it for granted and everything I was missing out on. And maybe that's just because of my perspective now as a creative, being a photographer, a videographer, you know, we see things differently. Um, we see things through a camera lens a lot of the times and being able to take that perspective back home with all my experience that I have now. It's like, I just want to move back now because there's so much I want to do out there. The West Coast is amazing, has all these crazy scenes. And we talk about how coming back with more experience of the West Coast makes you see things in a different perspective. But let me ask you this, being back in Texas now, after being out in the West Coast, have you looked at where you live currently any differently after making another trip back from the West Coast? Yes, yeah. Um, I think the more and more I have the chance to travel the more i come back to texas just because now it's home every single time i come back i see it differently and i try and not take the day-to-day -day, i guess space environment the features the nature specifically in texas for granted anymore i think i think just traveling gives me that same fresh perspective that I got on the West Coast uh, allows me to see that same perspective here in Texas. Now it's, I see it every day, but a lot of people don't. So how can I showcase Texas the way I see it with my creativity and allow other people to see it as well? Um, so yeah, I think just traveling in general has helped me not take stuff for granted when I'm back home when I see things every day, because it does get kind of repetitive in a way. So being able to step out of that and put myself in a creative, you know, mindset or even a photographer or even someone considered a local now, um, just seeing things and not taking it for granted anymore and knowing that there's opportunities everywhere you go, even though it may not seem like it, especially since you consider it home and you see it every day. So you make a good point there. Showing showcasing Texas from your creative point of view and people who might not see it, people who may not understand its beauty, 
or on the other side perspective, you see something every day, it becomes ordinary to you. My perspective, I live in a cool area. I have all these cool mountains everywhere. People always travel across the world to come see these spots. Imagine how I feel about these spots. Sometimes they seem ordinary to me. So then you have to break out of that comfort zone, get your mind in the right area. Okay, how can we showcase this with our own creative point of view? How can we showcase this to make it in a different light? How can we make this look not ordinary? And you do a fantastic job creating stories no matter wherever you're at. And I'm curious to know what is the creative scene like now being there in Texas? What's it like in Texas, the creative scene? We know the creative scene is in LA, all these other areas, but you have built a community in somewhere that at least in, from my eyes, I don't, I didn't realize that there was a place for that there. I mean, when I actually, when I first got to Texas, there was a few creative communities that I was trying to maybe get into, uh, but I just felt like I didn't fit in. And the longer I stayed here, the more I felt like I just didn't fit in because I wasn't finding or the right people weren't coming into my life that shared the same passion that I'd had. Uh, Yes, we do photography. Yes, we all do videography, but in the sense of shooting the same style, having the same ideas. So I think the community was always here. I just wasn't looking in the right places. And when I finally found the community, it was like a web. Like one person led to five people. Those five people led to another five people individually. So it just, it's like a snowball effect. Once you find a creative, they introduce you to another one. And then from there you find someone else and then someone else and I was like all right cool like I'm starting to find creatives and people I really connect with on and offline so how can I create a space where we can all come together instead of individually meeting maybe for coffee maybe for a photo shoot I was like okay cool how do I bring this all together and still do what I love which is low light photography so I mean, that's how the R Factory was born, being able to provide a space where people can test that, have fun with it, kind of experiment and get people together. Uh, because a lot of us show up online for each other and being able to take that offline and connect in person holds so much value. And it's like the glue that keeps the community together. It's being able to show up for each other in person and being able to share that space to actually create together and not just support each other online. So yeah, I mean, it's been a blessing finding the community here and it's only growing and I'm excited. I meet like someone new every single day. So yeah, I'm just excited to see where it takes me now that I found my community. Now you, you touched on a few points there and I want to concentrate on a couple, unpack some of the, the topics that you talked about there. And one of them to start out with is Building this creative community, I have had someone else on who they run a creative community slash outdoors community in Utah based out of Salt Lake and people all over the state come together, hang out all the time, right? And I've just been really curious and wanted to pick people's brains who are successfully building these communities, what your approach is to building a community. How can someone who lives in Arkansas, first state that came to mind, build a community there how do they go about it what kind of approach should they be taking what would you give advice to these types of people i think i think my number one advice and i guess if i could do it all over again would just be to invite anyone and everyone to stuff that i want to shoot so say i have a photo shoot this weekend hey so it's so and so come out hang out come shoot with me i'm doing this set because if you're creating what you love and you're sharing that, it's going to come naturally and it doesn't feel forced in a sense where there were some times where, for example, the meetups that we do, there were some times where we would kind of force a concept and be like, all right, cool, we're going to go shoot this. And it almost felt like a like a job trying to put this together instead of being like, all right, cool, like I want to shoot this. Now, how can I do it so other people can join me? So I think... If you're creating stuff that you already love, just invite people out. Ask people to come along. Um, You'll get a lot of no's, but you'll get a lot of yeses too eventually. And I think 
in a world where we're moving so fast and things are happening, you know, like minute after minute, you know, you, you hear about all these wins, all these success stories, everyone starts comparing themselves of, oh, I'm not moving fast enough, but take your time to create what you love and invite people out to join you on that journey. And you'll slowly start building that community of people who love to do the same things you love to do instead of trying to force something that you not you don't necessarily love and getting a lot of no's and it kind of, I guess, pops your bubble in a sense where it's like, oh, okay, like no one really likes my ideas or I'm trying to create some stuff for the community, but they're not liking it. Okay, cool. Just do what you love, invite people, and you'll slowly start growing it. Don't try to build a fast community. Try to build a strong community. So I, I guess that would be my biggest advice is just create what you love and invite people to join you along that. So There's this saying, Arturo, do the things that you love, join the groups that you want to join, whether it's running, photography, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're talking about the creative industry. Yep. And you're going to find the people who are interested in it. If you want to fight like-minded individuals, do what you like to do, put it out there because more than likely this world is bigger than you realize and there's yes. people all around that will be interested in what you like to do. So I really appreciate you going into detail about putting yourself out there and actually doing what you love instead of trying to fit in, put yourself into this puzzle piece where maybe you feel like, hey, it's kind of cool, but it's not really what I'm interested in, but it's kind of filling the void for the time being. And so I really appreciate you delving into that. And another thing I want you to unpack is taking the relationship offline and how that keeps the community together because a lot of the times you see this i've seen this and you can tell we had this conversation in the car back in yosemite you can tell when someone's being authentic and not authentic and that's something i pointed out to you that even through social media and messaging you came off authentic to me and how do we translate these online relationships to offline and maybe someone's scared to do it. So this is something I've been thinking about lately as well and how to better share this because I do feel like a lot of people struggle with this is being able to build that strong connection offline. And I think where I'm leaning more towards is when you get together don't necessarily get together for the first time to do a photo shoot. Get together for coffee. Go get lunch. Go get breakfast. Whatever the case may be for you and your situation, go do something outside of what brought you guys together and find connections there because you already connect on a creative aspect. That's why you guys are reaching out. That's why you guys want to collab. So if you can find other ways to further strengthen that bond, that connection, then you'll find a lot, you find it a lot easier to kind of grow together and not necessarily just grow together creatively, but grow together as a person, as an individual. And the bond's gonna be a lot stronger. There's a lot of people that I've met at the meetups that I've kind of still connect with, but that bond of hey let's go get coffee let's go do this it's not necessarily there uh, and it's something i'm working towards but i've had individuals where it's like dude i love your work you know it was so much fun meeting you and shooting with you hey you want to go grab a coffee and just kind of talk about some ideas and i was like dude let's do it the sure let's run it and i found that when i do that those are the people i still talk to to this day that i hit up last minute like hey yo i got this project i need to do like can you help out and they're usually the ones that show up for me offline in any case, um, whether it be emergency or if it's just a hangout. So, yeah, I think finding something that connects you other than creativity and the camera, it's it's going to go a long way for you and that person that you're trying to connect with. Arturo, so a lot of people in this online realm, they tend to think that this is reality and if you're following me here they see everyone on here and they think that is what real life is like and you talk about 
finding these connections outside of the creative side, the camera, because clearly we both have the same interest in cameras, me and you. Let's talk about me and you, for example, okay? We have yep. connections with that. But if you find connections differently, I see what you're saying here, you can foster that relationship. And a lot of people tend to think all people are is what they see online. How can or what kind of advice can you give the people to help them separate their mindset to realize, yo, this guy Arturo on social media is just a real dude. He's not, yeah, he takes these dope photos, but he's just a dude just like me. How can we help those people kind of shift their mindset or what would you tell them to approach it? How would they approach this? I think when you, you obviously connect with the people online that you kind of resonate with, whether with what they're creating or how they maybe tell stories or maybe something they're going through in life. Um, I've always looked at the camera as a tool to help you share your personal story and your hobbies and your interests because that's who you are. The camera isn't you. Your work is a piece of you that you share. But the things behind the camera, the things you shoot in front of the camera are the things that you love that kind of speak to your soul. So if you can connect and see that and understand that everyone on social media is putting their best foot forward, but you don't really know what's going on behind. So like I said, taking the time to go get that coffee, go get that lunch, go hang out, go to the museum, go on a hike. Um, go on a road trip like I just did uh, with Juan and Ria. I've, I think I've connected more with them in those moments than I ever did collaborating with them on a photo shoot. Um, and having the confidence to know that there's a person behind that account. I think so often we put people on a pedestal regard if, if it's the numbers or maybe their level of work, the quality of work they're producing. Just remember there's a human behind there. Um, we all love to be seen. We all love to be heard. So take the time to listen, take the time to see them, uh, show up for them. Uh, and you'll find that more people will start showing up for you as well. Um, so I think, have the courage to reach out and put the cameras away and go hang out and do something you love to do. If you guys both like both love to hike, go hike and you'll see that you'll connect on a deeper level and the topic of creativity won't even be there because you're talking about personal stuff at that point. Yes, a hundred percent. And when you talk about building that connection that right from the camera is huge. And what you're building with your current projects, Art Factory, this community that you're building, can you delve into what it's meant to be, where you see it going, and why? So where it's going, I, I have a vision of where I want it to go, but I'm not forcing it to go there if it's not the route I'm meant to take. I want it to be a space where people can get together and connect and share that offline aspect of, I guess, fostering a relationship. And I've slowly seen it. <clears throat> I want to, the Art Factory is almost a bridge to connect people. It's, how do I say this? I love to connect with people, right? But um, I've always struggled to find that connection when I first started. So being able to facilitate a space where I'm providing that connection for someone and some like two individuals to connect brings me so much more joy than seeing, I guess, what photos I took or what photos they took. Because a lot of people that come to the meetups are now working together. I see they share a post, they collaborated on brand work, they're hanging out outside of the photography aspect. And I pretty much see the Art Factory as a bridge to connect people and facilitate that offline connection. And that's 
the space I want to take it and bring it into a global aspect of, hey, uh, for example, I have Nick in California. You know what? Nick, give me a day. Give me a time. Uh, I want you to host an art factory meetup so you can bring your community together. Let me know what you need, um, how I can help so I can facilitate that space for you. Because the biggest struggles I find is that um, equipment, models, and people are usually the, the hardest obstacles to overcome. Uh, you might not know this, who to reach out to or what equipment to use. So if I can help you as Nick host this event to bring that, why not do that? So being able to empower people to create meetups and create a community or even help improve the community there, not necessarily build it from the ground up, but help improve a community that's already there. And, and that's why I think our core pillars, it's family growth, freedom. It's all about the family. It used to be community, but community has been associated a lot with just online, your online community. So a family shows up for you for the good and the bad. And that's why we ended up switching that pillar to family because we want people to show up for each other when things aren't going good. Maybe they're having a hard time landing a brand. Hey, let me help you. And growth, <clears throat> obviously when you get together, you, you know, two heads are better than one type of deal. So, you know, you you can always grow and learn from someone uh, no matter their experience. And then from that growth, you slowly start building your freedom and finding your voice um, and whatever sense the freedom word means to you. So I think that's the direction we're going with and I hope it stays there. I do have a dream of building this oasis with the art factory where people come and shoot movie level sets like production sets at the fraction of the cost because who doesn't like shooting cool stuff and being like or feeling like they're on a on a production set so that's another little uh goal that i have for the art factory and maybe one day it, it opens up in utah or somewhere else but that's kind of what we're headed towards right now serving other people has to be one of the highest callings, if not the highest calling that you can do helping others. And most businesses, groups, brands, whatever you want to call it, because if you're just a business, you're not trying to be more than just to make a couple bucks. Brands, community, family, most of them do not succeed because they're not focused on their audience, their community, their family, their people that they're trying to serve. And you talk a lot about empowering them, serving them, helping them, and fostering this community within each other, building their voice, finding their voice. How did you, where did this come from for you? Did you always have this sense of serving others? Or was this something that developed later was it something that you always knew you wanted to do and i don't mean something you always want to do was the art factory i mean serving helping is it something that's always been a part of you i think it has um just growing up in general um being from a very traditional mexican household the the men are always seen as the 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 breadwinners the ones that need to go out and provide and help out and i think i take a lot of that and implement it to my ethics and morals that i've grown to you know become and who i am now and maybe that's the reason why i ended up serving in the military as well is serving the country and and honestly that's probably one of the reasons why i left because a lot of it was self-serving in my eyes in terms of trying to, you know, get to the next rank or be better so you can move up in rank, uh, be better than the next person beside you. And that's just a very small aspect. Of course, the military fosters family and it's all about family. Uh, we do team building exercises and it's always um, no man left behind. 
uh, or women uh, left behind. So I just saw things in people growing up where it's like, I don't want to make someone feel this way or I don't want to upset anyone. How can I help you? I was never taught to kind of build myself up individually. Yes, I have my individual goals, but I was always taught growing up like, hey, go help. Go help them and they'll help you in return. And maybe you'll help each other eventually. So I think it's just, it comes from tradition in my, uh, I guess, personal sense. And then I try, how do I explain this? I try and put myself in other people's shoes or I try to put myself in the person I'm talking to and how they see me. And I've known the struggles of being alone. When I started my creative community, I was alone. That's why I did a lot of the self-portraits that I did because um, when I didn't have the confidence in reaching out or I just didn't think my skills were there good enough to offer help. And it wasn't until I switched that mindset and I was like, you know what, let me just start reaching out and see who I connect with. And I started finding people that helped me grow and how can I do that for someone else? Because that feeling of having someone to help you is just, it's just food for the soul. So if I can make other people feel that way, the same way people made me feel when they helped me out and made me feel like I, I accomplished something. Okay, cool. I want to do that for others. I want to continue that and help people help other people get there. And Showing up offline has been that for me, has been been kind of the food for my soul of wanting to help others. It's just because I've seen others help me and the feeling is just, there's no other feeling from it. Um, so being able to share that and give that to other people is, is just kind of what drives me. Now that's a good deal. And the reason I brought this up is because from my perspective, I feel like you share that perspective in a very interesting time where most people, and I don't want to be general here. I mean, there's a lot of good people out there. You just have to build those relationships offline. But what we see online, it's a lot of building themselves up, serving themselves, not asking the question it within what do I bring to the table? Not what do they bring to the table and how can they help me? How can I help them? Not just about giving tips, but genuine value that goes beyond the information. Showing up offline is what you said. That goes beyond any little little tip, tidbits of knowledge that you can give them. 100%. That'll change someone's life. And I know you know that. Yes. So to to delve into keep going into your art factory, you just announced something really big, man. I couldn't be more happy for you. The Nikon partnership. Is this a milestone in your eyes that has brought some positive outlooks to keep on going? I mean, what are your plans for these next uh, couple of months that you're going to be partnered with them? What, what are you looking forward to next with this partnership? Oh, man. So to talk about a little bit about the partnership, I actually signed with the Nikon uh, December of uh, last year. So I ended the year off signing Nikon. And to end the year that way, it took me, what, it's almost the end of February. It took me two months to be able to even conceive it and put it to words to share it with everyone because I was at a disbelief because to think the, the company, the camera company that started my journey a long time ago um, was now reaching out to me to do what I love. They weren't reaching out to me to create a, a commercial or create spec work that they wanted. They wanted me to create work that I wanted to create in and kind of 
help empower me to do that. So to be able to sit here and say I'm partnering with Nikon doing what I love. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's still hard to believe sometimes. And I guess when I finally announced it to everyone, it kind of uh, solidified that I was like, oh my, like, this is happening. Like, I can't believe it. Even holding the camera, like, nowadays, it's like, how do I, how do I get someone else to feel this? And how do I, how do I share this with everybody in a way where it's going to get them to that point? Um, so yeah, just being able to see a creative, my creative journey come full circle after such a long time, um, it, yeah, it's just super fulfilling. Like you said, super inspiring. It kind of just motivates me to get out and create. And I'm trying to not let it consume me in a way where it's like, oh yeah, look at me. I just, you know, partnered with this big brand, you know, look at me right now. So I'm trying to get away from that and, you know, humble myself in a way where it's like, all right, cool. I was able to take this step and reach the peak of this mountain. How do I go back down and bring other people up here to show them like, and have them feel this feeling of feeling like they're on top of the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's crazy to me that I, it's came, it's come full circle. And I, I always tell the team, I was like, this is only the beginning. Um, and I, yeah, I just can't wait to share it with everybody. Um, so I guess moving forward, we'll see, hopefully, um, them involved a little bit more with the meetups, maybe, um, depending where that route takes me and just trying to stay humble and see it as not a company, but a person. So like Nikon is the name of a person who's helping me out. So uh, regardless of how much or what they're worth or whatever, or whatever the case, however you want to look at it, it's just being able not to let it get to my head and uh, keep my, keep my feet grounded and take that next step to bringing someone else along and having them feel the same way I have and helping them kind of come full circle. Like I was able to do this, uh, this past December signing that contract. So, yeah. Again, that's a good deal, man. So excited to see your next steps in that part of your journey and staying on the topic of photography, low light, which is what you guys at the art factory and your team, they specialize in now low light photography is not exactly the normal type of photography that you see your average Joe doing, whether it's just out for fun, maybe the Instagrammers or classic Instagrammers, you don't see that very often. How did you say, hello, low light photography, this is going to be my, it's going to be my thing. Was it an accident? Was it intentional? Like had this all come about? So, I would like to say it was intentional, but I've sat with this for a while now, thinking about how I got here and why low light photography was such a calling for me. And a lot of people don't know this. I still work uh, pretty much a nine to five. You can say I'm up like at five o'clock in the morning. I go take care of the family business. I help my dad out with the construction company. And by the time I get off, it's four or 5 p.m. So you're talking about a 12 hour day and I'm racing, right? Depending on the time of the year, I'm racing to go to a location so I don't miss out on the light and get this beautiful sunset. And half the time I get home, I still have to shower. I have to eat. I want to relax because it's been a long summer day maybe. So by the time I'm done and I'm at a, I'm at a place where I can kind of enjoy my hobbies, whether that was go to the gym or create, it was already dark. So how, how do I still create in darkness when I really wanted to shoot the sunset? But in knowing that it was like, okay, cool. I can't do that because I work this job right now. You know, maybe I have the weekends where I can take advantage of it, but if I really want to grow and, um, I guess, level up and just get better at photography and videography. I have to do this 
constantly. I can't just wait on, I can't just wait for the weekends to create. So yeah, by the time I got off and I was ready to create, it was already dark. So I ended up buying lights. I started creating and the more I played with it, the more I found myself like sunsets are cool and I love them. And there's something about them that's just so special. But once the sun's gone, the lights are all off and you turn your lights on, you're pretty much holding the, the power of the sun in your hand and being able to create scenes and morph them in a way that speaks to whatever emotion you're trying to portray, whatever story you're trying to tell. And I found that so much fun. It's almost like you're painting a canvas with a brush. It's all right, cool. How do I paint this light onto this black canvas to showcase these different features in the photo, in the video? So I think... I like to say it was intentional because I, you know, I've always been drawn to continuous lighting, but looking back at it, it never was. It was always one of those things where I had to adapt and overcome. And that's kind of where my path led me to. And here I am doing low light now. So it appears a lot of people who fall into these passions that they have, their callings, their hobbies that turn into businesses, whatever they're doing. A lot of the times, it starts with this problem or situation that they've had to adapt to and learn how to navigate around it. And hearing yours falling into something that is a passion of yours that gives you a chance to express your voice, your creativity, your inspiration, the message you want to tell other people is truly inspiring because people get caught up in that they can't be taking these photos like this landscape photographer all the time because they can't travel because they have to work Monday through Friday. or they can't take these portraitures in their this fancy studio because they don't own a specific white backdrop. I don't know, lights, different things like that. Mm -hmm. And seeing you do that is truly inspiring. You said, I want to do photography and sunset's over. Now we have this low light that we can do and experiencing it firsthand over there in Yosemite was incredible seeing you guys, how passionate you were about it, creating the light, shaping it, shifting it around putting your heart into it because I can tell you can tell when someone knows what they're doing you truly can and that that energy feeds back off to the other people around you so truly amazing man and I got a chance to meet your team every one of them and they were all such great people how did building this team for the art factory come to be because clearly this started from you you found this love for low light photography from having to adapt and now you have these other people who are now also interested in low light. How did you build this team and how did it all start in terms of meeting these people? Oh man. So Juan was the first one. Uh, it was, it, it all came, it all, okay. It all started with me, like I said, wanting to share this with everybody. So my first thought, was all right, cool. I want to do low light, but I can't do it by myself. And I want to give people kind of that feeling of being wanted, of being able to showcase their work. So I reached out to Juan. I was like, hey, bro, I'm thinking about doing these low light meetups. I want to host you first. Like, I want you, I want to help you build a low light set that we can share with everybody. And as we, as we talked, as we, you know, we got into things, um, it was like, all right, cool. Like, what do you want to call this like type of stuff? And honestly, no one part of the team helped me create this name. Um, I had another friend, I don't know if you know, LJ, she helped me come up with this name outside of it just because I talked to her about it. I was like, how do I, you know, what do I call this? You know, I'm hosting Juan. I don't know what, what really to say. Do I just say photography meetup featuring Juan? Uh, so she helped me build the name, but it all started from wanting to host Juan as a photographer and build a set with him to me and Juan discussing it. Be like, all right, cool. Like, you know, should we make a logo for this or what, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to keep, you know, keep going forward after this? Like, what do you want to do after this? What do you want to feature? And one thing led to another. We're like, all right, let's make this a thing. Let's, you know. Let's not host you anymore. Let's create something together and host other people. And so that's where it started. That's where it trickled for me and Juan. 
and then needing a logo, needing kind of branding, right, to portray your message. I recently, at that time, uh, met up with Gabe. I think within two months of uh, speaking online, um, he sent me a message about a story. So I sent him like a voice memo back explaining how I did the story. And one thing, one thing led to another. And two months later, I was flying out to Florida, staying at his house with his family, spending a week creating with each other. And fast forward a bit, me and Juan had those whole conversations. And I was like, yo, I know someone that can create a logo for us. Let's reach out. Let's hop on a call with him and kind of discuss things. So we hopped on a call with Gabe. He gave us like this questionnaire to answer for branding. Like, all right, cool. I need you guys to answer this question. So I kind of know what direction, what you guys are about. And we answered that. We hopped on another call. He created this logo for us. It's a, uh, it's, it started with my original logo. I don't know if you ever saw the not just start. It's like a, a, a with like a, a top in a circle. So I was able to implement that logo into the logo we have now. And the logo is a cactus flower. Um, so me and Juan being Hispanic, you know, how do we bring kind of our culture into it? So we decided to go with the cactus flower and that's like a story for a different day. Uh, we can dive into that another time, but Gabe helped, helped build this logo for us and he was doing so much. And I was like, Gabe, do you just want to be a part of the team now? Or, you know, you know, are you cool with just hopping on and, you know, helping us create this? And he said, yes. And, um, that's how the three of us started. Um, and in the logo, there's a triangle with three corners, which it's a corner for each of us. And the whole concept behind the flower was, Petals on a flower sometimes fall, but it's almost infinite. They keep growing. So there's always new petals that kind of grow. And I guess that's how the logo is. It's We can keep adding petals and adding, I guess, to the flower and having the flower like just look bigger, grow more. And we're slowly doing that. Uh, Rio was the next one to hop on the team. The next petal in the art factory uh, helping us with just different aspects, a lot of admin stuff, models. After that, uh, a good friend of mine, Andy, we've known each other since high school. Um, dude's my ride or die. He's always been there for me. Anytime I wanted to go travel, go hiking, go explore the world, he was the one I hit up. And we'd always go venture off and see the world together. And he started coming out to these meetups. Never picked up a camera in his life, was never a photographer, never had the desire of being a photographer. But he showed up, flew out every single time to every single workshop. And I, I sat down one day and I was like, damn, like, you the homie. You you know, you're coming out to this and supporting me. So, damn, I'm getting all emotional now. Just thinking about it. But um, having someone show up for me offline, like I told you, was like the biggest thing ever for me. So Andy doing that was awesome. So I was like, all right, bro, like, I want to bring you on the team. You know, you don't do photography, you don't do videography, but we'll teach you. I want you to feel valued and be a part of the team. Uh, you've been the biggest cheerleader uh, we've had so far supporting us. So uh, now we're teaching him photography. We want to teach him videography. He's been in charge of a lot of our BTS content that you've been seeing. Uh, and he's been helping us out with just about anything and everything um, that he could help out with. And we actually have a new member, and I guess this is a good way to announce it. Uh, Tony, um, he was, uh, he I, we, after the LA road trip, we had the meetup. Um, and we officially invited him to the team. And he was one of the first ones that I've kind of, I've mentioned. He invited me and Juan to go rock climbing. Not do photography, not do anything, just go rock climbing. And we went rock climbing and we just connected and we found that we've had so much things alike. We had similar hobbies, similar passions outside of the photography world or videography world. And we just connected. So uh, he's another one that's been showing up for us a lot. And we want to, uh, and we have brought him on the team to kind of help grow the art factory. And I think, just finding the right people 
has happened because I was able to connect with them outside of what brought us together. So, uh, yeah, we're just a couple of friends trying to share uh, what we love and hopefully bring more people on board and keep growing the pedals on our logo and see where it goes from there. Amazing. And I love hearing that, how that team came to be. And for the people listening, I'll share a little story about me meeting Arturo not too long ago, maybe a month ago in person for the first time. I met his entire team at Yosemite, some place that from those of you who are listening know that I know it like the back of my hand. For me, being in Yosemite is like being at home and being able to have his whole team come over there and meet everyone. It was a truly cool experience being able to see them. They were all just real people and they weren't so focused on the cameras at first. They were getting to know each other and having real conversations with real people. And throughout that whole evening and adventures through the night, Arturo is building something really amazing. So if you guys get a chance to go look it over at his website and what your website is again, Arturo. Uh, it's uh, the artfty.com. So the art factory but just we abbreviate uh, factory to FTY. There you, there you go. You heard it here. So in terms of your road trip you just had, I wanted to recap a little bit of it. What did you, where did you go? So we started in Texas, myself, Juan, and Rhea. We drove all the way to Las Vegas uh, to pick up Andy and Gabe. And we spent a little bit of time in Vegas. And then we shot straight to Yosemite. We were going to drive the same night that Gabe. Uh, and I think we had this conversation off. Uh, but we're going to drive that same night to get there for uh, sunrise. But we realized we were going to miss it. So we end up staying in Vegas. Um, and then we took off to uh, Yosemite to meet up with you. And after that, we shot over to the coastline. We drove down, what is it, Highway 1, I believe it is. Um, drove that all the way down to LA, stayed in LA, caught a sunset there at the beach. And then went, well, actually before that, we went to um, Sequoia and then we went to Highway 1 and then down to LA. And after that, we just shot back to Vegas and we spent some time in Vegas, went to the Valley of Fire and then just road trip back. But oddly enough, at Yosemite, um, I don't know if you remember Cameron, one of the other photographers that was there, he ended up tagging along on our road trip and meeting a stranger on the road, you know, is sometimes scary. And especially in Cameron's shoes, like having that much confidence in us. And, uh, and I think that comes from just connecting as humans, you know, like getting to know each other, um, of who you, who we really are and what we're about. And he tagged along with us, um, enjoyed the whole road trip with us and even came out to Dallas he flew, but he ended up coming out to Dallas for a few days, and then he took off back to uh, Australia. But yeah, that was kind of the whole road trip. Just the the main trip was L.A. Cali, the Cali area, uh, and then little deviations to go see uh, some national parks and some state parks. So Arturo, you had a crazy road trip, and you say you have a couple of plans to come back out here in the upcoming future. That's exciting. To piggyback off this and transition a little bit, I'm, I want to know, because just put this in perspective for people listening, this guy is now traveling, doing road trips. He has these people who live out of state on his team. And I want to know how your creative journey began. I mean, you didn't start just last year. You've been doing this for a few years. I scroll back on your social media. You were traveling with your dog, taking photos. When did this journey and photography originate from so growing up i was always into art in different forms whether that be sketching painting sculpting um, i was an art major growing up my whole entire school time from elementary to middle school to high school I always majored and I always loved going to art class and it was always a way for me to express myself, especially being rooted in such a Mexican tradition where it's like men don't show emotions. So I kind of used art to be able to express myself and kind of 
show my passions, show what I enjoy to do in life and just express express myself in ways I couldn't when I was at home in that traditional Mexican household because we were always taught to like hold in our emotions as men. So once I joined the military, I kind of put all that on hold and it was once again like, hey, like hold your emotions in. It's like you have to be a leader. You can't show weakness and you have to be able to lead these people and have them feel confident in your leadership. So I kind of put all those emotions and my passions for the arts on hold. So whenever I got out, I was like, all right, cool. Like I want to start doing this again. I started sketching um, and that was the extent of it. And then um, one day my parents bought that Nikon D3200 and I was all right, cool. Like, let me just borrow it for a trip. I took it out on a trip. Uh, I was hiking, took some photos. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I started playing with it some more. I started going on more solo trips with my dog uh, just because I also love nature. I love to hike. I love being outdoors. And that was kind of my excuse. It's like, all right, I want to go to this place, uh, hike, and practice my photography with my dog. Uh, because... The nat nature is a vast, you know, space and you're usually almost always by yourself if you don't go with a group. So being able to hide myself in nature and create because I didn't have the confidence to create in front of people helped me out a lot and gave me the confidence that I needed to build my skills and like where I am at today. So I was able to do that as I traveled and then I moved to Texas I kind of started helping my dad a lot more with the business. And like I said, that's kind of where the low lights started coming into play. I couldn't travel as much anymore. And I still wanted to build my my skills in photography and develop this and see where this went because it gave me an outlet. It gave me a way to express myself. So it kind of all led to low light. And, you know, it just a few years ago, we got into this space. If you're a photographer, all right, cool. How are you, how are you making money? how are you feeding your passion you're either doing weddings you're doing brands um or you're getting like you're an influencer and i you know i've shot weddings i'm not a big fan uh a lot of stress and you can't be as creative i can't put my passion into it you can <clears throat> in a sense but being able to do brand work and finding the brands that kind of aligned with what i loved gave me that chance to stay true to myself and what I love to create while still being able to bring in income to help kind of fuel and facilitate these other passions in photography that I had. So I honestly started shifting, like I said, my mindset to just doing what I love and creating just crazy stuff that I enjoy to create. And uh, pretty much crossing my fingers and be like, all right, well, hopefully other people like it too. Hopefully brands like it too. And never did I know Nikon was seeing my stuff. That was never something I saw or I ever considered. So when they reached out because I was doing what I love, you know, it just, it just made me realize like, you can fall into a space of like brand photography, wedding photography, but if you're not enjoying it, you're going to burn out. You're going to tire yourself out and you're not going to go far. So yeah, I think it stemmed from always being an artist and finding a way to express myself and slowly shifting gears to where like, all right, cool. How can I do this more? And that's by bringing in income with photography, but still keeping a piece of me in all my work that I uh, share and produce for other people or brands. You touched on something, Arturo, that I think a lot of creatives, artists, they encounter this. They don't have confidence in what they're creating. You mentioned how you created in nature. You're hiding yourself in nature creating because you weren't confident in your skills. And a lot of people have trouble being confident in their skills and building them up, taking on these projects whether it's passion projects client projects right and then from there they have a hard time using their voice and putting it out there for the world 
can you give some advice to these people who do not understand or how to approach building confidence in their skills and putting their voice out there? Because making art is, it's personal. When you get to that, when you're able to get to the point where you can dig deep and put it out there, it's personal. And putting yourself in a vulnerable state to let your work get critiqued. Can you, can you give some actionable advice for these people? Yeah, I think if you are, if you find yourself without that confidence of creating maybe in front of individuals, whether that be like you go out, do some street photography, you're at a wedding, um, you're shooting portraits for a grad shoot. I've, I've said this to a lot of people and my biggest teacher was all the, not failures, but lessons I've learned from doing it, from putting in the work, from putting in the sweat and tears of, you know, going out to photograph something. So putting in your reps, just like you would at the gym, uh, put that same mindset to your photography or whatever skill you're trying to build is, let's say you don't have the confidence to go out in public, go in your backyard, go in your room, take some self-portraits, um, figure out all the nicks and crannies of your camera so whenever you're out, you already have the confidence of being able to handle this camera and know all the ins and outs to apply whatever settings you need for a, a different environment. So I think if you build confidence in little aspects along your journey, you'll come to learn that these little pieces of confidence you're getting, let's say with exposure, right? Go practice exposure for a week. Um, your shutter speed, go practice that for another week and see what shutter does for your photos. And when you put in those reps to all these little things, they start building up and they're like, they're teaching you like, oh, okay, you know what you're doing now because you put in your reps, uh, you put in real world experience of, all right, cool. Now I know what all these settings do. All right, cool. Now I want to get in front of the camera and pose, you know, whether it's self-portraits or whether you're doing it with a friend, your sister, your mom, your dad, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever, whatever the case may be, is putting in the reps to these little small things that add up to give you that full circle of confidence that you need to share it online, reach out to a client, um, go shoot a wedding and not be nervous or stressed out as much so put in your reps in small things and you'll learn that once you build the confidence in that one topic you're trying to figure out move on to the next one build that confidence and it just starts piling it up that confidence just starts building and building and building because you've put in the reps to learn um and not try and maybe cheat the system and and skip ahead and then fumble it and then that brings your confidence all the way down because you just fumbled it. So slowly build your confidence and no one's going to be able to knock over your tower of confidence that you have because you've put in the hard work to make a strong foundation. You made some really good points there. And to conclude this, to wrap all what you said, I made a video just recently about keeping your promises to yourself and how that builds confidence in yourself and whatever skill you're trying to acquire. And I heard someone say once about this creative industry, building these skills, you need to treat it like it's a sport. Train your skills, hone it in, fuel yourself, practice these in order to build that confidence to put, to go all in. And this approach that you have going in your backyard, refining your skills to go out in public and do this or to put yourself out there. These are valuable tips and insights for all of those listening. And speaking of valuable tips and insights, Arturo, 18 years old, before he enlisted in the military, young guy, what would you tell this guy? What would you tell young Arturo before the military? Would there be any advice that you might have for him? I would like to say 
Man, that's hard. That's a that's a very hard one. I've had this, you know, I've had this thought before and you know what what could I say? What could I do to help myself if I was younger, the younger version of me? And I would honestly just say if it doesn't put a smile on your face, don't waste your time doing it. Don't waste your energy on it. If this is something you go to sleep at or if you go to sleep at night and this is something you think about, Go do it. Go do it. Don't wait. Don't wait for someone. Don't wait for anybody to start. Because if you're waiting for someone to come along your journey to help you start this, you're going to be waiting forever. Unless you're taking the initiative and pretty much creating your own luck and putting yourself in these situations where you got lucky. Um, you can stay home all day and think about what you could do. Or you can go out and do it. Um, and you'll slowly learn that the right people are going to join your journey. And they're going to follow along. Or they're going to help you grow. Or you might join someone else's journey and help them along. And you might end up leaving their journey and creating your own. The biggest thing, don't wait. If you think about it at night, it's because you either want to do it or you're contemplating something. But if it keeps you up at night, then go full in don't don't half-ass anything go go all the way in and give it everything you got because the only thing you're going to regret is not going in a long time ago now that's a good deal if you're sleep, if you're thinking about it before you go to bed those of you listening just take action stop waiting last question yes. of, of this podcast arturo 2024 is here February is just about over. What is the mindset that you're going to continue to take on through the end of the year? Oh, man. I think that same advice I gave myself at 18 is <clears throat> put in the hard work. Go do it. Um, I might have to sacrifice some stuff this year. Um, but if that means being able to kind of bring these other aspects that I want in my life and f kind of nurture them and feed them and watch them grow. I'm going to have to make some sacrifices. So I'm excited to dive in a lot more and experiment with the art factory and find different ways of connecting people. Uh, and th the next big thing for us is photo walks, doing photo walks for people, uh, bringing in a larger group of individuals together and having them create in a space together so yeah i'm excited to experiment this year uh with a lot of different things we have going on with the art factory and whether it's a hit or a miss we'll learn from it we'll grow from it and we'll keep moving forward um but yeah uh, i think the biggest thing this year is taking action in what we want and putting in the hard work to get there Great, great answer. Great advice. Arturo, really appreciate you coming on, man. It's always a pleasure having a chat with you. Being able to chat with you, or discuss all these different topics. Always, I'm a student myself, and I like to get different people's perspectives of all these things because truly we don't know it all. And for those listening, where can they find Arturo on social media? Where can they find the social medias for Art Factory? Where can we go? So for the Art Factory, it's the, T-H-E-R-A-R-T-F-T-Y, the Art Factory. Uh, for my personal one, underscore R-T-W-O-R-O, uh, or T-W-R-O-W. So R-2-Row, uh, just spelled, like how you literally would say it, R-2 and then row. Uh, with that underscore in the front, and then the website for the Art Factory, the artfty.com. Uh, slowly switching over to YouTube. So we'll hopefully be hopping on YouTube. Same Instagram handle for the Art Factory that it is for YouTube. Um, but yeah, that's usually the main platforms I'm on. Um, TikTok here and there. Uh, but a lot of my stuff is on Instagram for myself and the team. And I'll, I'll link all of his information below, whether it's on YouTube or it's in the streaming platforms. Again, Arturo, really appreciate you coming on, man. 
Uh, looking forward to chatting with you and seeing where you go in the future. And I know we'll probably see each other again coming soon, huh? Yes, we'll see each other in hopefully September when we head back out to LA. So I'm excited for that. Let's go, man. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you on the next one. Later. And that concludes episode 26. Man, that was a good conversation. I really enjoyed that one. This is why I love having the podcast because you get to talk to real people and have real conversations. And if you want to find more about Arturo Carrillo, I'll link all of his information down below, his Instagram and his website. Highly suggest you go follow him and support him and see what he's up to day to day. He's got a lot of exciting things coming up. Thank you again for watching. And if you enjoyed this video and you want to support the podcast, hit that subscribe button on YouTube if that's where you're watching. And if you're not watching and you don't want to see my face, you can hit leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Music. And again, if you have any comments, want me to talk about anything specifically, topics, leave them in the comments below. I read all the comments. If you want to connect with us, it's at Nick Amp Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, it's at the Nick Amp. With much gratitude, I appreciate you tuning in this episode. And I'll see you next week.